You're listening to Behind the Viewfinder podcast, where you can relate as client or as service-based entrepreneur. Listen in on behind the scenes of client projects, the latest image capturing trends, and recommendations for your photo or video needs. Here's your host, Andy Coles. Hey, welcome to another episode of Behind the Viewfinder podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, thanks for dropping by. This is where we talk about photo and video capturing things related. We also discuss topics about what a client might be curious or interested in when it comes to image capturing services. So grab a cold beverage or a hot one and get comfy because we're getting this podcast started today. Uh, the late release of this podcast, it is National Beverage Day, I believe. Um, and you know what? Personally, for me, I am a cold beverage type of guy. I like cold beverages. I like my water even like on ice. Um, I know some people, it's like a room temperature thing. Uh, I even, I've heard people even drink Dr. Pepper warm and not even just warm, like hot, like almost like a tea. That's crazy to me. I would, I can't imagine doing that. I mean, I haven't tried it. It might be good for all that I know, but um, it just seems a little odd to me, especially because, again, I like all my stuff almost frozen, like super cold. The colder, the better. And, um, you know, we're we're talking about beverages here for a minute. (laughs) My favorite go to. I, I love Dr. Pepper. I also love Mr. Pibb. You know how they all kind of have like their like, you know, competition like this is our version and. You know, to me personally, uh, Dr. Pepper is unique in its own. Maybe it is true. Maybe they do have 26 ingredients. How many of them are chemical based? I don't know. Do I care to know? Probably not. Should I know? Probably. But anyhow, that's besides the point. Uh, Mr. Pibb has also a different unique taste, but it wouldn't compare to Dr. Pepper in the sense to me. If anything, I would say Dr. Pepper has a very smooth feel to it. Um, gosh, I make it sound like it's some sort of kind of like... Um, almost like a wine connoisseur. Can you be a cola connoisseur? I wonder if that's a thing. I, I'm going to look that up later. That would be very interesting to me to be a cola connoisseur. I would think I'd fit that. I am guilty when it comes to um, soda beverages and fountain drinks. Anyhow, enough about that. I hope you do, in fact, have some sort of beverage to enjoy, whether it's tea, coffee. Coffee is also a good thing, too. Espresso uh, or tea or water or whatever it is, flavored drink. Let me know in the comments below or send me a message. Let me know what you like drinking, right? Be awesome. Anyhow, today I want to talk about uh, using flat out negatives, right? Using negative space, using negative um, fill, basically. Not negative space, negative fill. And a lot of times uh, when we get into photography, a lot of times that our misconception is that we want everything really bright, really vibrant, and we just want things to show up really well, especially when we have that, you know, uh, lens kit initially when it's, you know, maybe like a 3.5 or a um, 5.6 or something. Usually we're kind of on the hunt for something that's really bright and, you know, nothing wrong with that. I mean, vi- uh, you know, vibrant colors do set well with people usually, but Sometimes some of us do have that vision uh, that we want to create also images that have a lot of uh, depth to them. And with depth, we're talking about shadows. And 
typically, you know, doing even like landscapes, you can use shadows and architecture. You can use it uh, even in hillsides and landscapes in that sense. But I'm going to be referring to it in the most case of talking about using or creating your own V flat to use negative fill and how that will help create uh, contrast and depth in your images, especially portraits. Right. And, uh, you know, if you look up V flats uh, right now, the cornering my uh, cornering uh, distributor that is basically taking the world by sensation right now is v flat world this is not a sponsored program by any means i just know the product because i use it and it works really well it's very convenient um so when you're setting up your portraits right we're always talking about using lighting and especially when you're doing inside portraits this all can apply also outdoor but let's talk about it a very controlled situation here so typically we're always chasing for the most common one that's either like a Rembrandt lighting or maybe even like a Paramount lighting. Uh, if you if you're not familiar with these light sources, visit season one. I There is like a three part series where I talk about how you can do light setups with easily using one light setup, two light setup and three or more light setup. Um, check that out. It'll it'll help you understand about what we're talking about here. So I'm going to briefly touch on uh, just the terms of the types of style of lighting that you can use versus like actually how to achieve that. So um, getting back to that. So the most common ones are the paramount lighting for your beauty type of like portraits. And then you also have your paramount or not paramount your uh, Rembrandt lighting. Now, a lot of times too, we also chase something that, you know, maybe some of you are aware of it and it's called Chiaro Oscuro. I might be saying that wrong. I might be butchering, butchering it, but I like how I say it, Chiaro Oscuro. And basically um, it, it translates from like Italian-ish kind of like more of the, um, uh, what was that? The uh, modern like Renaissance era. And it was basically the uh, contrast between bright and dark. And so when you think about that, think about like the most ever famous uh, picture, like the Mona Lisa, right? The Mona Lisa has a lot of shadow to it, a lot of dark tonalities. And that's what was so different about it was everything used to be so vibrant. So just like as we see things right today, you walk outside and everything just so bright and colors are just screaming in your face. Well, when this era started coming about, people started really thinking about, well, you know, let's add something different. Let's add mood to this. And that's where the dramatic effect came in and they started doing things where they were using um, dark fill. So in some cases, some people would sit in shadow or maybe they were lit by a candle on one side instead of having a strobe or a flash. And these, these painters would then replicate what they were seeing, you know, of these shadows being casted from the light source of what they had available. And, you know, and whether that's because it's dramatic, if that speaks volume to you as an artist, or maybe as a client, you just want that very dramatic and moody fill. You know, and that's also one thing too, right? So if you have a model or a subject and no matter how moody they make their eyes or their face relax, it will always jump up a notch when you start to add in shadows and contrast, because then now all of a sudden it's not just from like a lonely, sad face. It's like a lonely, sad face and I'm in the dark, right? It's like, woe is me. What's happening? Why am I here alone? And look at my eyes. There is something to be told, right? And even to the sense too, where you can have some ones, you can think about maybe 
if you've ever seen maybe um, a picture of a guy smoking a cigar in a chair and he's all alone, he's just kind of just doing his thing. And you're just kind of thinking, wow, like this guy's just in his zone, just enjoying his time with his cigar, probably drinking some sort of beverage, National Beverage Day, not a plug, not a sponsor, just saying. <laughs> um, and, you know, you see maybe like half of the side of his face lit and the other part just sitting in the dark and one to maybe assume that maybe a light was like on that he's sitting on just with this one lamp in his room enjoying his time or maybe for the fact that it is that yeah you know we are just getting one perspective of a view of someone walking into this room getting that one first glimpse of this person right so anyhow that's what we're talking about we're talking about that contrast that dark fill how do you achieve that so aside from using lights you can use a V-flat. Now, V-flats most typically, um, also you can use a cheap way of using like a uh, foam core board. You can get those at your most common, um, what are those called, art supply stores. They run anywhere from 99 cents to maybe five bucks, depending on the size and texture and color. And you can use that setting up, maybe using some duck clamps or A clamps, I think they call them and using some light stands or maybe even using if you have an iron board you can set that up on its legs and stand it up sideways and or on its back end i guess and then clip using that a clip or duct tape or gaff tape whatever it is and making your own little v-flat now if you do have the convenience of being to have your own v-flat you can set that up to basically light or not light but basically bounce the light What's up, everybody? I'm breaking up this podcast real quick to say I need your help to keep this podcast going. If you're digging this episode, make sure to rate it five stars, give it an applause, or give it a like. If you think this podcast is weak, give me a rating nonetheless. Lastly, write a short or long review and share this episode with someone you think that would benefit from this, or share it with an enemy to waste their time. All right, back to this episode. You're, you're listening to Behind the Viewfinder Podcast. On to the subject's face. Now, it sounds weird in that sense of bouncing that light. Well, light, when it's shined out, basically bounces out the color of whatever it's bouncing off of. Now, you may have noticed this if maybe you were outside taking pictures of somebody and they were against a brick wall, or maybe they were against maybe some blue tile, and you see that in their skin and their clothes, it's getting that natural tint from the nearby source. That's because light is refracting that color off of what is near us. So the same thing is happening with the black. It's the negative, it's filling it in, it's throwing it back in. And also with black, it absorbs some of the light so that it's not as powerful. And guys, if you ever wanna be super discouraged, shoot into an all black V flat or a black just like surrounding, you'll be super depressed. You'll be like, what happened to my light power? What happened? Anyhow, another side story. Anyhow, so yes. Now, as far as for lighting, it's always a recommendation that you always fill the uh, short side of the face with the most amount of light. And the long side of the face basically has more of the contour, the more of the, the contrast to it. Again, this is just a recommendation that most people say. Personally, for me, I like to light the long side of the face and then have the 
opposite side of the face in the shadow. Now, the the long side of the face, let's say that you're probably just as confused as I was when I first heard this. Let's say that you're taking a picture of someone and the person is facing you and their right side of the face is the side of the face that they like to have photographed. So if they turn their face to the left and their right side of the face is exposed to the camera, that right side of the face now becomes the longer side because it has more of the face to offer to be seen to the camera. The short side of the face is now the side that is not being seen by the camera, right? So naturally, as we would normally see things, and most times, basically we would see that the uh, long side is lit and we see that natural uh, illumination and, you know, by contrast, the, the shadow side that we don't see that's furthest away from the, the short side has more of a darker tone to it because it falls in shadow or it falls away from our point of view or focal point. Now, by lighting it the opposite way, now casting a light on the short side, and then now you have a, a light that's falling off onto the long side of the face, now it creates a very interesting image because now it's something that you're not very used to seeing, right? Or if by that time that maybe for some reason you're at sunset, then it's a different story. Anyhow, so let's say that you want to have the um, long side of the face absorbing and having that contrast, right? So what you would do is put your V flat with the black side on and having it facing your subject. Now it could be parallel, it can be perpendicular, but just make sure that whatever you're doing that it's gonna absorb the flash or your sunlight that's coming out so that when it comes back, it comes back as a darker fill and it creates separation, right? And this can also be done to add dimension to, let's say if you're doing product photography, maybe you wanna sh like showcase something that's really cool. And you know, no offense to people who love to do like flat lays that are just super like blown out, high key, very bright and white. That's cool, you know, and it's very kind of soft and feminine. But if you want to add dimension, what do you do? You add a V flat, you add that negative fill. And so let's say that maybe um, for some reason you have a black curtain, you can set up your table, you can set your product on, on like parallel to the curtain and then have a whiteboard, which is not, which would be a V flat in the same sense, but a white one in the background, just to create a nice white background and then use that to have your images pop off of the background, right? Now, when um, when you're using this trick though, you wanna be mindful of setting up um, your, your subject because if you set up too close to your background, the light spill off will actually illuminate part of the backdrop, especially if you're trying to achieve that very dark, very moody aspect. So what? how do you do that, right? You may have heard of the inverse square rule. This, I promise you, is not as hard as it sounds. It sounds crazy technical, it sounds whatever. I'm gonna break it down super easy for you to find out. All you have to do is just take your subject or your person or your items and move it further away from the backdrop. And then what will happen is you'll move the light and your camera back to basically, I guess, be in the correct focal length to your subject. And the light will fall off because of your aperture setting. And then all of a sudden, now your background becomes very dark. There's nothing that can bounce off the light, nothing that can be illuminated. And then if you're still having trouble with that, 
then maybe try checking out maybe getting your f-stop really high this is where even having a kit lens will actually be beneficial to you so if you do and it's all you have is kit lens i guarantee you most times that and not then like your kit lens will probably go up to f-stop 22 if not like 18 and that will be super sufficient right you don't even have to go that high that that high sometimes sometimes you can even live in like the 14 range but when you create or when you have that um that uh, aperture letting in that much amount of light you start, to, you start to cut down or or not letting in letting in but letting in less light you start to get very sharp images and you lose that depth of field but that's okay because again if that's what you want to achieve to create a very dark background Chiato Escudo this is going to play or pay dividends to you in that sense now the other thing let's say that for whatever reasons you want to gel something you want to create uh very kind of moody uh colors but still have vibrancy in it like maybe you want to gel it with a green or a blue or red or yellow whatever it is most times or not most of us would think a white backdrop would do that and personally i think that this comes from because you know we're, we're so used to when we give or given like art assignments in school or whatever it is, we're always given a white canvas. Even artists, for the most part, usually start off with a white canvas. So we just assume that white will just absorb the, the color. And in a sense, it does absorb it, but it also diffuses it. It, it's, it makes it washed out. It doesn't really take in the color. Now, when you have something like, like say maybe a light gray backdrop or even black, when you use that, the color will really pop off because now it'll basically like stain the backdrop. It sounds super weird, I know, but for some reason it works out a lot better. And from what someone was telling me is that imagine the flash, right? Your flash shoots out. If it's not like color balanced to daylight, it's gonna be closest to white as possible. So if you have white and you have white coming back at you, now everything kind of gets lost. It's just like another flash happening back at you again. So when you're using a colored background, it will actually obtain the color and reflect it. So if you want to do something that has color, remember white is not always the best recommendation. Now, the last thing you want to take in consideration, and this is the total opposite of what we're talking about for negative fill is that most v flats will come with a white background or a white backdrop you can use this again to pop off flash to enhance more light to even soften light so maybe let's say that you don't have a nice modifier like a, a soft box or a grid or a beauty dish you can use the light to bounce off of a white foam core board and it will naturally diffuse light i guarantee you this works it's super incredible and the more that you diffuse it the better it'll become now it goes back to the whole thing and the bigger the light source, the softer the fall off, right? Now, you can use both in combination. You can use maybe a, a white backdrop or a white V-flat and a black one if you still want to maybe use one light setup because maybe you don't, have an, you don't have another flash. So the white will help illuminate, will help soften, and then the black will absorb and boom, you win. You have a nice, beautiful photo using both. You're using natural light or not natural light, but you're using soft diffused light and you're still using the black backdrop to absorb 
all these colors, right? So try it out. Let me know what you think. It's really cool. You may have also seen um, they have like those five in one reflectors where one side's gold, one side's silver, and then you can take it off. One side's black, one side's white, or you can take it out of that thing entirely, whatever is the reflector side, and it acts as a scrim or like a quote unquote modified diffuser. And trust me, your images will, it'll just change drastically. It's incredible. And if maybe some of you are, again, you know, you're, you can't afford a flash system that is off camera flash using a uh, bounce like the uh, whiteboard or the five in one, look those up there. They start anywhere from like 20 to 30 bucks, uh, depending on the size. Some of them are 60 bucks that you can get that are relatively expensive. You don't, they don't have to be made by a pro photo or anything like that. And if you have somebody, maybe a helpful friend, or maybe you're taking pictures of somebody and they bring their spouse or significant other, you can have them help out by saying, hey, get off your phone, help hold this uh, flash or not flash, but help hold this bounce for me so that your person looks extra awesome in these images, right? So there you go, teamwork and getting people involved and you don't have people just kind of sitting there looking like they're bored out of their mind. They're contributing to the artwork, but don't give them any credit or pay because you know what? had to pay their dues to pay the blues play the blues right that's how they say it that's how it's done anyhow that's it for me you know what happens next we'll catch you on the flip side thanks for listening and happy clicking